witnessed by the way you live. The smile, the courtesy, the thoughtfulness, the graciousness. You're witnessing for Christ. And if you live a changed life in which Christ is living in you and radiating out through you, other people will be attracted to you and they'll say, what's your secret? You Three, say, I know two, Jesus Christ. One. Here we are again. This is uh, exciting for this one. I've really been looking forward to this. I'm trying to make it make it happen for a little bit. So I'm glad we're we're here. I'm actually in the city of Elk Grove, California, visiting a uh, a good friend from uh, a, a while a while back. Yep. You've known me since I was a uh, a little a little young pa- uh, a little padwin. <laughs> I was probably probably known since I was five six years old, maybe younger than that. So, but uh, I have a good friend here. Um, Joe Cruz, he's a pastor over here, and um, I'm excited, man, for, for this and to, to hear what you're going to share, the wisdom and everything, and um, just, man, just what you what you bring to the table for the kingdom, man. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear that. Thank you for for uh, opening up your Saturday for this. I know you're extremely busy, so we definitely, a better witness, me and Kevin, we appreciate it. Kevin was not able to make it today. Um, he'll be in on the next one and everything, but, um, you know. We're still going, so awesome. Let's uh, let's go ahead and just start start with the man. Uh, let's hear about you, Joe. All right. Um, well, how far back do you want to go? Oh, <laughs> as far as back as you want. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, well, I got saved when I was 18 years old, and that's that's probably about the time that um, we had met. And uh, yeah, you were a lot younger then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, like. Man, it was crazy. it's crazy. Growing up, um, I grew up in the hood. Grew up, um, man, c- came out of a broken home. Uh, was doing cocaine by the time I was 14 years of age. Wow. Uh, 15, I moved out of my mom's place, um, and that was a bad situation. And uh, and then I got into just deeper into street life. Uh, you know, started carrying a gun uh, for protection and. Uh, you know, you start hearing things like, hey, um, people are looking for you. You know, that's that's never a good thing. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, started getting to the drug scene, selling drugs. And um, you know, those are just just a few things, um, you know, bits and pieces of my story as a teenager. But uh, when I was 18, uh, living with my grandparents, uh, there was a night that I was channel surfing um, in my room all alone. I was pretty depressed that night and uh, we didn't have many channels on TV so uh, I remember channel surfing and we probably had like 10 channels at the time and um, no remote control just all by hand just pushing the channel button and uh, I remember coming across uh, a channel uh, where these guys were breaking things like they were breaking blocks of ice bats handcuffs and they were called the power team and uh and so I was killing time. I was waiting for eight o'clock to come around because at eight o'clock I was going to watch uh, my show, which was Cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my show back then. And uh, I was just killing time. So I had like 25 minutes left uh, before it started. So I thought, you know what? This is the only interesting thing on TV. I think I'll check this out for a little bit until Cops starts. And I remember, um, yeah, just checking it out and thinking man these guys are pretty strong they're cool and and about 10 minutes in uh the guy the lead guy grabs the microphone and he gives this short testimony to how god had saved him and then he gives testimonies to the guys on stage and i'm thinking in my mind like oh man like i don't i don't want to hear about this right now like i don't want to hear about jesus and i'm not ready like i've heard about jesus i know that i'm a sinner uh, no, I'm not a good person, so I'm just not really interested in hearing yeah. about Jesus, and I'm not ready for all that. So I remember putting my finger on the channel to change the button, mm. and it got stuck. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got stuck, of all things. And so I just kind of smiled a little bit, and I thought, well, there's like 10 to 15 minutes left in this program. All right, God, you got my attention for that long. So I remember turning the volume down, uh, locking my door, because I didn't want anyone to walk in on me, like watching this stuff, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And um, the guy starts telling his story and then he gives a gospel message. And I remember, you know, as I was listening to that thinking, man, like, uh, 
wow, I hope he doesn't give one of those altar calls, you know, because I don't want to be confronted with my sin, yeah. you know, so, and, and, you know, the program was almost finished. And then, and then, you know, it reaches like the five minute mark where program's almost done. And he says, if you're out there watching on television and you haven't believed in Jesus to save you from your sins, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to accept Jesus into your heart and believe in him as Lord. And I remember just being overwhelmed with emotion and thoughts and thinking, man, like this is, I did not want this to happen. I don't want to be confronted with this. Mm -hmm. And so all these things were going through my mind and I kept thinking like, there's no way God would accept me and no, I can't do this. And then he started to to say, if he, he asked the question, if you were to die tonight, stand before God, and he were to ask you the question, uh, why should I let you into mm. my heaven? What would you say? And I remember thinking like, man, I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to hell. No. I'm going to hell quick with my lifestyle. And so he said, you can have the assurance of your salvation. Uh, I want you to re repeat a prayer after me. And so um, I remember thinking, man, like I could die tonight. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he said, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And, and just I just kind of said it. And my motivation in saying that prayer was for fire insurance. You know, I don't know mm -hmm. if you know what I mean by fire insurance, yeah. but I just wanted like to know that I wasn't going to go to hell that night. So I, I repeated this prayer after him. And uh, what I didn't know, what wasn't planned was God kind of flipped the script on me because as I was repeating this prayer, and I'm not like a big fan of the sinner's prayer, like I don't want to give people false hope. I tell people that all the time, like yeah. I don't have the power to save you mm -hmm. by repeating after me, but God can use a sinner's prayer. And oh, so yeah. like that night he did. And, uh, and as I was praying, like Jesus, you came for me, you died on the cross mm -hmm. for me. Like the gospel was no longer this message that Jesus just died for the world, but that he died for Joe Cruz. Yeah. He came for Joe Cruz. And uh, by the time I said I was finished with that prayer uh, and I opened my eyes, he said, hey, if you just repeated that prayer after me, you just opened up your heart mm -hmm. uh, to let Jesus in. The Bible says you're born again. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Uh, welcome to the family of God. And that freaked me out, man. Like I was like, no, I didn't really like, did that just happen? You know, yeah. so I changed the channel right away. Uh, and I, I put on cops, you know, first thing. <laughs> and the theme song is playing, you know, what you're going to do, yeah. what you're going to do when they come for you. Uh, and immediately, like, something was different, yeah. you know. And I, not, I know everyone has a different story when they're converted. And, like, not everyone has this story where they know the moment that they get saved and they're rescued and the Holy Spirit comes in. But, like, for me, it was, like, a, an illuminating moment. Like, there was a... There was something different in a moment. And, and so I felt God's spirit come inside of me and him speak to me for the very first time and, and, and him say, I want you to shut off the television right now mm. and I want you to pray to me. And I remember thinking or saying out loud, like, like, I don't know what to say to God. Like, like I don't even know how to pray. Yeah. I, what am I going to say to God? And um, so in a matter of, 10 to 15 seconds, I, I shut off the television in faith and I fall to my knees and I bawled like a baby. And I, I, I prayed a legitimate sinner's prayer from the heart because I remember that night being on my knees, uh, crying out to God and saying, God, if you're real, if you're really mm -hmm. there, if you could really save and change lives, I give this life to you. Mm. And so um, I did a lot, man. And, and for me, like to, to cry, was a big deal because growing up, um, you know, especially having a hard dad, um, you know, he always taught me like, dude, like guys don't cry, man. Like, yeah. Boys don't cry. Um, you know, that's something for girls. Yeah. And so, you know, I always had that um, either from him or from my my homies in the street, you know, like we just, that was like a sign of weakness. You didn't, you didn't yeah. do that. And so like that night there was, there was no holding back yeah. tears, man. I mean, God broke me. I probably bawled for over 30 minutes on my knees wow. and just, I just had so many sins to confess to God. And, but there, there were also like tears of joy yeah. because like, I, I felt like, man, like God had forgiven me of mm -hmm. all of my sins and, and, and he had, he called me his son, yeah. his child. And so that was mind blowing to me because uh, hearing the words like family of God and me being his child, uh, 
I didn't even know how to take that in, man, because I came from a pretty broken family. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea of family, uh, the closest thing I knew to family was like my homies in the street. Yeah, so that, that I mean, just a kind of a quick highlight reel, like Jesus rescued me from a lot, yeah. uh, a lot of lot of things and from the very first night that I got saved um, man I started telling people about what happened like right away like uh, first person was my grandmother in the hallway and uh, and then she kind of smiled at me she probably didn't know if I was high or telling the (laughs) truth you know and and then I started to tell friends and co-workers and it just kind of they watched me for a while I remember telling my mom and uh, and her saying yeah i heard that you uh i heard that you got religious and uh Mm -hmm. and i said yeah well like jesus saved me you know he saved me from my sins and and i'm not like i'm not doing the party life anymore Mm -hmm. and i'm not doing that street scene you know and she's like you know what i'll make you a deal she's i'll give you a week and you'll be back to your old self Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking like man that's not like that's not the type of thing you want to hear from your mom you know and, uh, you know, if anything, I, I wanted her to say, proud of you, son. Uh, awesome. You know, right on. Uh, but, you know, I remember her telling me, yeah, I tried Jesus one time and he didn't work out for me, um, you know, and the emotions wear off. And so I remember telling her, like, no, I'm not I'm not coming back. Like, no. like I'm not going back to that old life uh, because Jesus saved me. And, and so um I didn't bring up that conversation for a whole year. And then I, I remembered it to the day and I brought it up to my mom a year later. Mm. I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm still serving Jesus. Jesus still got me. I'm still forgiven. So I'm still loved by God. And so, anyway, yeah, awesome, to this dude. day, man. So, yeah, God <laughs> has been uh, amazing. Um, he's done an amazing work mm. in my life. And, and from early on, man, from, from night one that he saved me, um, I've just felt like this urgency to to know God and to make him known to others. And so that that's been my story from day one. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's incredible, man. man I I remember uh, I did I, I when I had grown up, I remember uh, cuz I think you worked with my dad for a little bit, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you worked with I remember that. But I never heard your story until and it still to this day, man, blows my mind on how we reconnected, man. Right? Out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> so we uh, I I knew um, Garrett yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he was a pastor in Turlock, and me and him had been, uh, we knew each other from, I think, from other friends or something like that. And he uh, he was t- planning that event in Turlock. It was called um, Celebrate Hope. Celebrate Hope, yeah. Right. And I loved it. Yeah. I met up with him, and I was like, hey, dude, whatever you need, like, I want to help out with this and all of that. And somehow my spoken word got came up. And at this point, I wasn't really doing it that much. I definitely wasn't writing or wasn't sharing them too much. Because uh, I had a lot of other stuff going on, and uh, I mean, I'll share it in personal settings and all that. But as far as any type of like big event, I wasn't really doing that. And um, so he asked me, he's like, "Hey, dude, can I hear one?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, here's one." And I just thought he wanted to hear it just to hear it and something like that. And he's like, "Dude, I need you to do it that night." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and I was like, "You know, yeah," because I, t- I remember when God gave me the gift of spoken word, I, I told him, "Any opportunity you bring me to do it, I'm gonna do it, no matter how I feel." Yeah. So any opportunity, and there's been some times where I just, because it's one of those things that it's not me, like it's God. You know, right. I, I've never been a writer. I've never done anything like that. So I knew that if God gave it to me, I need to share it. Like, right. It would be selfish just, just to, to not do so. So I was, he told me, he's like, yeah, we're going to have the speaker there. Uh, he grew up around Turlock. You know, he's well known around here and everything. I was like, oh, what's his name? He's like, oh, it's Joe Cruz. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, Joe Cruz? And I'm like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and I'm like, Sherlock's pretty small, but still, you know, it's been yeah. years. Yeah. And um, and I wasn't, you know, and now that I'm serving God, not at the time of serving God, and I still am, but, and everything, I was like, okay, that's cool. And like, so uh, I remember we met we met up at that, that church and all that stuff, and being able to catch up and all that, man. It's just, it's incredible how God works, man. Yeah, man. How yeah. God works. You got, and, you got a lot taller. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's awesome, man. And, I don't believe it wasn't for no reason and all that. So oh, man. definitely the event was, man, was amazing. That was such a cool event. And, yeah. You know, Garrett's, man, amazing, amazing person, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm great. He's over there, pastor or a worship pastor now. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. He's doing good. He's doing him. good, man. And and just to affirm you, man, like that spoken word was, 
So good, man. Wow, so you got a, you. you had an incredible gift there. I definitely uh, can't wait to hear it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to, man. I definitely been wanting to write more. Um, but I think right now, because I'm not a writer, I'm not. I mean, well, God, God gave me the gift now of it, but it's very. I think people who do write and probably for yourself can, you know, kind of uh, testify to it as it comes and goes. Right. For me, is when I get in creative mood, when I get in kind of like a creative mood. I'll, I'll write and everything, but recently, I mean, I've actually been writing uh, worship music. Awesome, man! Been writing some worship songs. I got a couple that I've, I've written down and kind of gone through. I'm not a musician though, <laughs> so it's been a little challenging. Okay, well, how does this sound? So I'm kind of just like in my mind, kind of like sh- like thinking how it would sound strumming the guitar or playing with key- the piano or keyboard and all that stuff and everything. And I have a ton of friends who are just m- musicians that uh, I want to take it to them and you know, put it down, all that stuff. But, uh, man, I, I love worship, man. Worship is, you know, as far as worshiping corporately and with music and all that and everything is, man, dude, I love it. Yeah. I love worship songs and the whole setting, man, is I've always desired, wanted to write a worship song, but I was like, no, that's not me. Right. And one day I just I was kind of feeling creative and I was actually driving and this, this melody came to my head and I just kept humming to it. And some lyrics came and I was like, oh. And I knew this, okay, I got to write this down. So I got on grab my phone and started writing it down. I think like two days later, I finished that one. I took it to my buddy, uh, to Kevin. And he was like, dude, I've been writing a song too. So we put it together. Perfect song. Hmm. That's cool, <laughs> man. That's awesome. So, yeah, those are, we're definitely looking forward to to, uh, to see what happens with them. I mean, yeah. you know, and and all that. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, so we'll go ahead and just um, jump into our first question. Okay, let's do it. So uh, the first one is going to be... Uh, what does bearing witness mean to you? What does bearing witness mean to me? Um, you know, I think of two scriptures uh, when you ask that. Um, the first is Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. Jesus commissioning the disciples. And he says, uh, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, Mm. I think of that, and then I think of Romans chapter 10, where Paul writes uh, in verse 14 and 15, he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching so there's a a gospel message there and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news so when i i think Mm. about bearing witness i think about this this great commission that uh jesus has given us this responsibility to make disciples and he says to go and when we go we don't go aimlessly we go intentionally with the gospel with the good news the the greatest news ever and so we go into our spheres of influence um, whether that be our job our families our homes wherever we're at the most Uh, for me uh, it looks a lot like the coffee shops because mm. I I'm a coffee shop guy. Uh, first time, first person that actually ever introduced me to coffee was your dad. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. It was your dad, and and uh, it was like I mean, if like he were to give me the same coffee, I don't I don't think I'd feel the same about it today because it was like uh, probably like the closest thing you could get to meth. Yeah. without it being oh, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I just tried some this morning that he made. <laughs> and I was I, I took a big old sip. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I opened the little top piece and it's just full. Oh. All the way to the filter. And he only yeah. poured like 12 ounces of water. I'm like, Dad, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, so strong. Pretty, pretty much mud. That's oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it was back then. So I remember, yeah, I used to work with your dad and, and he uh, he gave me, he would make me these like, you remember those 7-Eleven 64-ouncers? I don't know if they still no. have them. Yeah, yeah. And super gulps or something like <laughs> right. that. Right. Yeah. So he would, like, bring me one mm-hmm. in the morning, every morning, and that's how we would start our day with 64 ounces of coffee. Black. Black, yes. And <laughs> I still drink my coffee black. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just 
so since then, uh, you know, that was my first experience with coffee, but uh, I'm definitely a coffee guy, um, love coffee. And so, you know, I figure, well, if I love coffee and I love being around people, it would make sense for me to be at the yeah. coffee shops. And so bearing witness to me means uh, me going intentionally into those uh, atmospheres to make much of Jesus. And it doesn't mean that like, I, I go up to people's tables and it's like, hey, you know, Jesus, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have you had some Jesus today. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, actually I just go in with the mindset that, um, God is already going to be at work, yeah. you know? So I, if you go in with a mindset that, uh, of an expecting mindset, you know, uh, God will use something as simple as me plugging in my computer mm -hmm. with, by me saying, Hey, um, I can't reach the extension. Could you plug this in for me? Or, um, you know, I've, I've had, you know, I've bought somebody a cup of coffee, you know, uh, you know, just being kind or something. Yeah. And, uh, God has used many, many things to, um, to make sure that, um, there, there is opportunity to share the gospel. So I could, I can give you a number of stories, but I think, you know, I think more importantly is showing up uh, to the same place um, and being intentional about it. So, like, for example, there's a new coffee house that I go to. There's two coffee houses I go to in Elk Grove and primarily. And then there's one that I've been going to um, recently called Savvy Coffee House. And the owner is a really cool guy. And uh, his name is Jamar. And he actually does some rap music and so uh, me and him have gotten to know one another and God has been able to use our time our conversations to uh, to be able to talk about the gospel I mean this guy like last Saturday we sat down we talked for hours and he was asking me questions and he was asking me hey are you sure you want to go here and I'm like dude, that's why I'm here. Like, let's, let's do it. You know, yeah. he's like, well, this is Pandora's box. And I'm like, all right, let's open Pandora's box. And so he had like all these questions about the church and about, you know, Christians that have come into his coffee house and things that have turned him off. And, and then we've, you know, that has opened up doors for us to talk about the gospel and, and the people who Jesus came to save. And so it's just been amazing. And one of the things that I've heard Jamar say over and over again is, um, you know, and this is all God's grace and his spirit is, man, I love talking to you. Um, you know, I meet a lot of pastors, meet Christians, but I really love talking to you, man. I, I, it's, I don't find that I can talk to Christians this openly about what's going on in my mind, like the thoughts, the questions mm -hmm. that I have. So thank you for letting me ask these questions and, uh, or not getting offended that I'm asking these questions, you know, and I'm like, man, why, why would I be offended if you're if you're asking questions, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, so it, it's all about being intentional, yeah. going to the same places, going to get your haircut at the same yeah. place, you know, um, getting done, getting to know people's names. That's huge. Oh man, that's massive. Right. That there. is so huge. Um, you know, like I meet a lot of people throughout the week, a lot of new faces and I can't, you know, I don't have that good of a memory. So what I do is after I hear somebody's name, um, most of the time I will sit down and I'll open up my, my phone and I'll write it down in my notes. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. I'll write their name down so that when I see them again, I'll be able to remember their name. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, that means a lot. I mean, that, that shows that you care, um, and that you're mindful and yeah. you're thinking about people. And so people want to know that, uh, they're known, you know, yeah. right. Cause that, that's, that's why we're here. We're here yeah. to, to be known and to be fully known ultimately yeah. and to be fully loved. Uh, and that's, that's what we get from God. Yeah. And a big thing, man, I think is what's missing, man. And I think this right here is such an important part is, is just kindness. Yeah. Just being kind that in itself right there. I mean, you know, it's a reason why, you know, the word says the kindness of God draws all men to repentance. Like, mm. That's how important being kind is. And right. I look at that and I think, okay, well, who's the kindness of God? We are. Mm -hmm. You know, and like for me is it wasn't, you know, it wasn't people being strict to me or anything like that that brought me to Christ. It was nothing like that. Right. It was, you know, a very 
a small group of people. Actually, you know, you know Jake, right? Jake Fair, Jeremiah Fair's brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he was my youth pastor. He's honestly the biggest reason, one of the biggest influences in my life, if not the biggest. Who brought who the reason why I came to Christ is because of his love. Awesome, man. As my youth pastor, you know, from from fourteen on to this day, you know, we're still best friends. And um, man, dude, like it's it's incredible. Just he was never judgmental. Even he knew I was partying in high school and even after high school. And you know, he's seen me on Facebook and all this stuff. You know, posting all my pictures and craziness and all that. But yet, every time I seen him, he never brought all that up. Hmm. He never, and it for me is, I knew that was the love of God. Yeah, because I even when I wasn't saved, I knew that there was a God. Like, I never, I seen too much stuff growing up. I seen too many miracles. I seen way too much in my own household to try to be foolish mm-hmm. and think, oh, there's no, there, there's no God. Like, right, you know, that, that's that's foolish. But I did, I struggled with the fact that Jesus loved me how he said he did, and that he died on the cross because that just doesn't make sense. Right, you know, that someone so perfect, a, a God would die on a cross by his own people he created. Like, mm. just doesn't <laughs> yeah. doesn't add up, you know? Right. And, um, but, so that's what I struggled with. And every single time I seen Jake is, it, it would bug me because he still loved me. Even though he knew all the stuff I did wrong, he didn't throw it in my face. Yeah. yeah. He just, he was there. Right. And he was kind and he listened. Right. And all that stuff. And that right there is what always like, okay, you know what, man, like, like why? Hmm. Why is someone so nice like that? Why is someone so kind like that? Like, right. you know, up until the night when I finally I gave in, I was like, okay, God, like if you're, I know you're real. Yeah. But if you really want me, and you you you, uh, you say your son died for me on a cross, and this this and that, hmm. then I need to feel something tonight. Yeah. Not, and hmm. I was drunk, high, all all of it, you know, in my room. I just remember saying, God, you know, if you if you want me, then I need to feel something. Right. And same thing, dude. Like I remember. I've never ever cried so much. I sobered up instantly. <laughs> wow. I mean, I was gone and I sobered up instantly. And I just remember just laying there on my ground crying. Mm. You know, and I didn't say no sinner's prayer or anything, you know. I just <laughs> I just remember laying on the ground just crying for a while and an incredible experience of just feeling like a child, just like a helpless child yeah. in his father's arms. Just wow. like so embraced, so tight, just so like comforting and knowing that no matter what, like He's got me. Yeah. And right then and there, I knew, okay, God, like, that's it. Like, this is what I want. Like, right. This is, you know, this is it. And, um, yeah, and ever since then, I was like, okay, no, I know I need to get in trouble. For one, I knew I need to read the word. I just, I had the desire. I'm like, okay, I want to know more about you. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because I grew yeah. up in church. Yes. <laughs> right. I grew up in church since I was oh, born. Man. You know, grew up in, in, in under the, the the seats of the church, falling asleep. That's probably why, because I was falling asleep. But. <laughs> But, you know, and it just, it comes down to, it doesn't matter if people grew up in church, it doesn't matter if they're out of church. It's, right. It comes down to each and every one of us as we all have that decision to make. And, yeah. You know, and, and um, but yeah, man, so we'll go into the second question. Yeah. Uh, the second one is, uh, what are some struggles you faced in bearing witness? All right. You ready for this one? Oh, yeah. All right. This is my favorite one. <laughs> this is my favorite question. You know, I think if I understand the question right, I think um, the answer would just be myself. Mm. Yeah, I think it's self, man. Mm. Um, That's good. Yeah, because, oh, man, I think I can go off on this one. Do it. Because, <clears throat> okay, so for years, like as, as preachers um, and pastors, you, you hear this message of relational evangelism, you know, like uh, in America, uh, we we um, we build relationships to in order to speak the gospel into other people's lives, and and I get that, and I, I don't disagree with it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a patient evangelism, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, and I feel that honestly, sometimes um, we use that as a crutch to not yeah. say anything at all. Yeah. Like, like for example, like, hey, uh, be a good witness in your neighborhood. Be a good neighbor. Be a moral person. You know, and so we, we do things. We do nice things. And, you know, we're kind of hoping in the back of our mind that one day our neighbor or the person that we work with kind of ask us, ask us the question like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, like, 
tell me about this Jesus that you have in your、mm. life. You know, tell me about this Jesus that has changed your life. And, and, you know, I don't know anybody that that's really happened to. Like, because、mm. the gospel,、um, and that reminds me of another saying, you know, I, I, I've, you've probably heard this saying, I think it's by St. Francis of Nassisi that said,、um, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I don't know if you've ever heard that.、Mm. No, it's been around for a while. Um, it's kind of a catchy phrase that a lot of people like. They're like, oh, yeah, I like that. You know, like, let your life preach the story. But, like, come on, man, let's be real.、Yeah. Like, dude, we're sinners. We're flawed. We're not perfect, you know?、Yeah. Um, and and if, if we're just relying on our good works to save people, then we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know? So, like, the gospel、uh, requires a message, you know? So, I, I'm not saying, like, hey, We should go track bomb people. We should get on bullhorns and preach, do street <laughs> preaching. And, you know, flatbed trailers. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Because like, I've done all that.、Oh. <laughs> I've done all that. And you know that.、Um, so, so there's got to be this balance here. And, and here's where the balance is. And this is why I say myself can be the hindrance or the biggest struggle that I've faced in being a witness or, or being able to communicate the gospel is. Me getting stuck in my head, me overthinking whether or not I should say something.、Yeah. See, because I trust and believe that the same Holy Spirit that worked in the book of Acts throughout the early church, throughout the history of the church, still works the same way、yeah. today. Now, culture changes,、uh, movements change, but the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. And、mm-hmm. so I trust, dude, I trust that the Holy Spirit still. Prompts hearts still compels people to open their mouths, and even if that means being uncomfortable, going up to a stranger that you don't know, saying something in a coffee shop, asking someone, Hey, can I pray for you? Like, that's really uncomfortable in、uh, in our day and age. Like, because everything's offensive to people today. Like, you、yeah. know, you say something like prayer or God or Jesus.、Uh, like, yesterday, I, uh, I performed、uh, or I officiated a, a funeral. And,、uh, you know, I, I got some pretty interesting feedback, good feedback afterward. I was sitting with a lot of the family members. I didn't know anybody. I, I you know, I just met this family, and there's about 100 people there. And, and so one girl says to me,、um, she just starts opening up. I didn't say anything at all. I was eating my sandwich. And she says,、um, So I think the church is full of hypocrites. <laughs> And、uh, I've had bad experiences with church. So, what do you think about that? <laughs>、uh-huh. I'm like, so I'm chewing on my food and I'm like, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, I get actually, I, I get people that say that all the time. And, and so that opened up a conversation for me to talk about、uh, the people Jesus came to save, you know,、mm-hmm. and how the church is full of hypocrites. There's like not one church that doesn't have a hypocrite. Yeah. You know, like they all do. And so,、um, you know, she started listening. She's like, oh, okay. You know, and like,、uh, and then the other, the other person that was listening just kind of seemed like to not really want any part of the conversation. But yeah, I mean, like we live in a time where everything's offensive,、uh, Christians are narrow minded,、um, let's build relationships with people. Uh, and replace that with evangelism, you know. So, so I think there's got to be this balance. So, I'm not saying like we don't build relationships because building relationships, knowing people's names, shows that you care.、Yeah. You're not just there to track bomb them, you know, and be like, I'm out. You know, no, you're there because you care and you care about the friendship, the relationship that's being built. But at the same time,、um, like I said,、uh, if the Spirit of God. Is prompting your heart、uh-huh. to open your mouth and share the gospel, preach the gospel,、uh, use words, share the good news,、um, do it.、Yeah. At, like at that funeral yesterday,、uh, somebody came up to me and said, I've been to a lot of funerals in my life, and、uh, that was the first time I've ever heard the gospel preached at a funeral.、Mm. And I'm like thinking, wow, what's being said at funerals?、Uh. You know, what's. I mean, like, I understand, like, we're there to offer hope to those who are grieving, but,、mm-hmm. but yes, the gospel is a message of hope, right? Yeah. So,、um, yeah, in a, in a day where everything's offensive, listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He might be saying, open your mouth. Yeah, you might be rejected, but open your mouth and,、yeah. and tell people about me because the reality is、uh, 
if we uh, reject Jesus before men, the Bible says he will reject us before the Father on. one day. Yeah. You know, and, and so, man, I, you know, and, and two, it's not just this thing where like, because like, I think everyone is terrified of rejection. Like, like there's, especially if you're not, you know, like a um, extrovert, you know, I, I don't consider myself an extrovert, but I, f- I consider myself compelled by the gospel, yeah. you know, and I know what Jesus has rescued me from. I know the depths of my depravity. I know my darkness. I know the pit that God rescued yeah. me out of. And so how can I not say something? You know, so I'm mindful every single day of all that God has rescued me from, not only in the past, but how he continues to yeah. rescue me every single day from lies of the enemy, from um, uh, the enemy's assault uh, using my past on me or whatever that may be, you know. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think uh, the biggest struggle I've faced is just myself. And I think, I think that's something we could all relate to where we get stuck in our heads like, oh, you know, I don't want to say something because I, I could lose this friendship that yeah. I have that's forming with this individual. And, um, you know, and, and the truth is God, God may not have that, uh, you to, to uh, have that conversation right away. But at some point, uh, I, I believe God is, will prompt your heart to, yeah. to say something. Exactly. Yeah. That's good, man. I've never, I've actually never heard that one as a self, but that's true. Yeah. So we could, we could stop ourselves, man, from too far from the mic. Um, man, that's true. That's, that's a good, good response. That's definitely got me thinking. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and jump into the, uh, the last question is, um, what, uh, man, you gave a lot of advice in that one already, but I want to hear more. <laughs> um, what advice would you give someone? Yeah, you know, I think it I think it kind of piggybacks on on what I had just mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of um um getting stuck in your head and overthinking the whole evangelism thing. I I'm pretty passionate about evangelism because uh I'm an evangelist at heart. I mm-hmm. have been since the night I've gotten saved, you know, like I I I feel so compelled to make Christ known. Uh, in the beginning, I, I I came at it the wrong way, man. I mean, I did. I probably uh, discouraged a lot of my friends because I had a lot of thug in me, uh, and uh, when they when they laughed at me and mocked me, and you know, back in the day, I I was like, oh, you're going to hell, fool. You know, like well, <laughs> I can't believe you wouldn't believe that. You know, but uh, you know, uh, through the Spirit's patience with me and growing in the knowledge and the wisdom of God, um, you know, He's been gracious to me and. And so uh, my evangelism has, I, I think, I would say matured, you know, mm-hmm. um, in, in how that comes about. But I would just uh, go in with the mindset, uh, wherever you're going into your sphere of influence, uh, expect God to be at work. Just look for where he's already working. Mm. Look for the opportunities. That's good. And then, and, then, and then jump into that. You know, join God in what he's already doing. Wow. You don't have to try to make something happen. Like sometimes we try so hard. And then, you know, we fail miserably and then we're afraid to try again, you know. I think that's where, man, sorry to, to jump in, but I think that's a perfect spot right there where relationship comes in. Yeah. Because if you have those relationships with people, yeah, then you can start seeing, okay, God's already at work. Right. And then you could, just, man, that's good. Yeah. That's so, really good. So, so for like me, I, I would say like... I'm not even pressing issues. I'm not even, I don't feel like when I go to a coffee shop or I'm having a conversation with, with somebody I normally see in my sphere of influence, I'm not trying to press the issue of evangelism or like, all right, okay, I'm just going to change the subject here and I'm going to talk about the gospel. Like, no, like, yeah. no, like something will come up where they're asking me and it will lead into me counseling, me speaking the gospel, yeah. and it just like God totally flips the script. And so it really is just me joining God in, in what he's already doing. And then the other thing um, I would say is revisit um, the scriptures I, I, I gave often, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. That is not called the great suggestion. It's called the great commission, yeah. you know. And so it's not really like an option for us to, to sit back and say, you know, well, Evangelism's not really my thing, you know. No, like 
Like if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're called to make disciples. Yeah. And so that goes for every one of us. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to yeah. be a pastor. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be some type of leader. Uh, man, if you've been walking with Jesus for six plus months, um, I think you should be making disciples. Yeah. Is that a discipleship? Man? I was just talking to a buddy about this one, about the, uh, even my dad too, um, about making disciples and about discipling people. Yeah. Would you say that that's a, a pretty um, rare thing now? That, um, I don't know how to answer that. I really don't because for me to say the church is not doing a good job of making disciples is like this great assumption on my part yeah. because I haven't been to all the churches. Yeah. I don't know who's doing what. I mean, I trust that God has a remnant in every church and that um, they're making much of Jesus in some way. And so I think, you know, um, I and we have lots to learn from yeah. others, even though we might not do everything the same way, but, but there's things that we can learn from one another. Uh, and so discipleship really is uh, teaching. Yeah. It's te- that's what it is. It's yeah. teaching, man. You know, it's, it's Jesus, before he sent his disciples out to go multiply, he took three years with these guys and he taught them. And he not just like taught them from a pulpit, like he did life with them. He showed them. Yeah. He, he set the example. He ate with them. Um, they did life together. And so yeah. I think discipleship doesn't always have to look like, okay, me and Joey are going to do a Bible study yeah. today and we're going to go through the book of Romans, like verse by verse, like, yes, okay, that's one form of discipleship. Yeah. And believe it or not, when you go to church on Sundays and you're being taught the word of the living God and you are actually listening, taking notes and obeying what the spirit is saying through the word, that's a form of discipleship. Yeah. Uh, learning to worship with other uh, believers, you know, is a form of discipleship. Learning to pray with other believers, that is a form of discipleship. You don't always have to be like, hey, let me give you this model prayer or let me show mm-hmm. you like it's usually it's doing with yeah you know and so and then discipleship happens like and just can just happen just by being together yeah um you know i remember i used to lead this community group out in modesto and uh the the guy the the father um the gentleman of the house he uh he never said much to me like he never taught like sat down and like try to teach me the scriptures, but like his presence was such a fatherly presence to me that when I left his house, there was something about that guy that made me want to love my kids more. Mm. And like, I felt like this guy, this guy, just his presence modeled a loving father because he was a loving father to, to not only his kids, but to other people. Like he was just like this loving father figure. And uh, I just wanted, I was attracted to that, man. I wanted, I wanted more of that. Wow. And so like, I'm like thinking like, man, like, um, I'm not used to that kind of a figure. And so yeah. like, and I'm like, I'm not always a loving father figure. <laughs> like, uh. I mean, at least not like him. So like he, he just rubbed off on me. And so I think in a way, like, man, that guy discipled me just by like sitting next to me and yeah. just like by being by being observant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, there's just so many ways to, to be discipled, but ultimately we're being discipled in the direction of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and I think there's one question we, we didn't go over, unless we're out of time. No, no, we're uh, plenty of time. Okay. So um, one, of the, one of the questions you had asked uh, or you put into my mind uh, a, a few weeks ago was where is God using you today? Yes, yes. Yes, and uh, so if you want, we can talk about yeah, let's that. Do it. Okay, all right. So um, today I am preaching pastor at Reflect Church here in Elk Grove. And uh, the first time I, well, I've been pastor here, preaching pastor for a little over a year. And the first time I spoke here uh, was two years ago. So two years ago uh, at this time, I got a phone call and I was living in Turlock and it was one of the elders from the church and he said, uh, hey, this is, uh, you know, uh, one of the elders from Reflect and we're looking for some pulpit supply and our pastor is going on a sabbatical really quick and so we're just 
we remember you. It's been a couple of years. So uh, we were asking, we were wanting to know if you would preach. And so I said, uh, well, before I answer that question, let me just tell you where I'm at in life. And so uh, at that time, I'd went through a two-year period where I had convinced myself that God was done with me. And mm. um, for two years, I threw myself into 55 to 60 hours a week of work. And for the first time in my life, I think, yeah, in my life, I wasn't leading anything. Like I wasn't working towards this idea of church planning because my entire journey pretty much has been about me setting my mind on planning a church one day, me doing this work probably for God, not necessarily with God, mm. you know. And so um, I had the right intention, and I believe with all my heart, uh, I've been called since day one. It's just been kind of a frustrating journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, prior to that, I was coached by another church planner uh, for a few years. And, uh, and it really... Um, It was helpful in some ways, but it was like um, not good in, yeah. in other ways. And so uh, the pastor, um, you know, he taught me a few good things, but, but um, my big takeaway was, you know, I'm never going to be like this guy because mm -hmm. he was a lead pastor of a church, a bigger church, and uh, he came from the business world. Mm. And, you know, very CEO minded and uh, he was very good at what he did. I mean, his leadership skills were just awesome. You know, and every time I saw this guy lead in staff meetings and stuff, I was thinking like, man, this guy is a beast. Like I could never be half the guy that this guy is. Mm -hmm. But like me and this guy were from two different worlds. Yeah. Like he was an office guy, very business minded. Uh, me, I'm like coffee shop guy, highly <laughs> relational, like I'm wanting, wanting to be with people. Uh, and then, you know, uh, me, I'm a huge evangelist uh, also, and this guy, not so much evangelist. So, like, we were so different, and he wasn't trying to tell me, like, you need to be me. He was trying to, to teach me that, I you know, I needed to be competent in many areas in order to be a lead pastor, and there, that there was a lot of work that goes into being a pastor. But, um, but I, I feel like there was a lot of things that didn't translate Um, because, I, you know, coming from, I, I think, our background, you know, there's this trust is a big thing. Yeah. Trust is a really big thing, uh, especially if you've been hurt, you've been mm -hmm. wounded, um, and um, you got a lot of scars um, from past relationships. Uh, so I didn't feel um, fully... Um, safe in that sense and mm -hmm. so again i'm not not saying anything um you know taken away from that guy's character or anything like that i, I think there was some great things that i uh, took away from that relationship but i had a lot of anxiety like for the first time in my life i had panic attacks and wow. anxiety for three years and for three years uh just not being able to turn that off mm -hmm. but um god taught me through my panic attacks and anxiety that um taught me one that I needed Jesus more than ever mm -hmm. uh, Two, and probably the most valuable thing that God has taught me and this has been the voice of God through my whole journey and, and there's so it's so living for me and if there's like any words that I take away from the Bible that's the most comforting words for me is Jesus's words to the disciples I'm with you always even to the end of the age and so mm -hmm. God has made those words so real in my life through anxiety that he was with me And uh, in church planning, he's with me. And so anyway, uh, getting back to the story, um, after that coaching experience, I thought, you know what? Uh, if this is what it's like to be uh, the new breed of pastor, I'm just not it, man. Like, I, I guess I got it wrong. And like, you know, all those times that God, you um, affirmed your voice through other people Um, I don't know. Now I'm wrestling with it. Now I'm wow. second, second guessing it. And so I went through a two year period where I wasn't going to that church anymore. I wasn't part of that, that network anymore. I was just working and trying to be what was called like a, a what I would call a normal person, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that was weird for me, bro, <laughs> because like, it's like, like, I'm always thinking with the mindset of like mission, make disciples. Yeah. And so like for the first time in my life, I was just thinking like, huh, 
what do people do like at the end of the week like what yeah. do they look forward to i guess like i don't know like a a day out or something yeah. i don't know like i don't fish i don't do any of that <laughs> stuff you know so like i don't know so i was just you know starting to think like that and it was a season um where i was very discouraged like i wasn't depressed i was just like disappointed you know i was mm-hmm. just like ah whatever you know um, I don't know that I'll ever go back into ministry. Maybe I'll speak one day. Maybe I won't. So I didn't, I, you know, for being a preacher, if you don't preach for like a year and a half, that'll mess with your head. Yeah. I didn't preach for like a year and a half, close to two years. And uh, I remember my first opportunity preaching. And I promise I'll get back to the story no, man, as I, I go off on tangents. Um, I like I remember, hearing this. <laughs> the first time I preached, we were going to this small uh, church in town in Turlock uh, called Enclave. And... I remember um, just different crowd, you know, and uh, I felt very like for the first time in my life unnoticed, you know, mm-hmm. because like when you're a preacher and a pastor and you've spoken, like it's easy to make friends because yeah. people see you as the guy in the spotlight. Oh, you deliver the word or that's the guy God used to encourage me. And then when nobody at that church knows that you preach and you just sit in the, one of the pews uh, and you have written all over your face, God's done with me. Um, wow. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of a different story. And so I remember, uh, the pastor, he knew about my story and he gave me an opportunity to preach about a year and a half. It had been about a year and a half since I had preached. And, um, and he said to me, uh, some words that I will never forget. And he said, Hey, I just want you to know before you preach this morning, that if you totally just mess up and your notes fall everywhere and you draw a blank and you freeze up there that um that it's not going to be the last time i ask you to preach mm. and he said and i want you to know that i love you no matter what i i'm not loving you i don't love you because of any performance i th- that i think you bring to the table i love you no matter what and dude, I heard that like as the voice of God and that just like, that's incredible. it was like God's arms around me, like, wow, you know? And so I, I felt like really no pressure to perform. Yeah. And so like probably, um, so a month goes by and, uh, me and my wife, we lived, we lived in this home in Turlock where we were remodeling for like 10 years. And finally my wife got the, we finished and she said these words she said i am so happy i finally got the home of my dreams we are never leaving this house and i started laughing and she said what are you laughing at and i said oh man you should have never used that word never Uh. she's like why and i said well god's probably gonna like move us out now she's like that's not gonna happen i'm never leaving this house i love this house and the house looked nice. Um, and about within within weeks, not even a month, I got that phone call wow. from the elder asking for me to come <laughs> guest speak. And so I did that. And uh, and I said, I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I can only commit like maybe three to five times because I work a lot. I don't have a whole lot of sermon prep time. And but then I told him where I was at in life. And I, I let him know I probably was never going to plant a church anymore. And this whole journey that I was on just kind of took a detour and I wasn't with that network. And so what I didn't know was that him and another friend had been praying for me off and on for like a year prior. And I didn't even know these guys. And they said to one another before he called me, he said, what are the chances that that guy, Joe Cruz, who was setting out to plant a church in Turlock is not actually planning a church anymore? And so, um, I mean, like God was listening to their prayers. God was doing things behind the scenes that I had no idea he was doing. And so, um, so I let him know where I was at and I let him know I wasn't going through this assessment with church planning and I wasn't going through the network. And, uh, he said, well, let me ask you a couple of questions. And I said, go ahead. And he said, um, do you still love Jesus? And I said, yeah, man, I do like like, but I said, yeah, like, as in like, yeah, and I miss him too, you know? Mm. And, and then he goes, the other question is, um, you still love preaching the word of God. You still want to preach? And I said, 
yeah, dude, I actually do, man. And he said, all right, we're still asking you to preach because we believe that the love of God conquers any, any network name. So we're asking you, do you still want to preach here? And I said, yeah, sure. And so um, kind of a long story, but I ended up preaching there and my heart wasn't fully in it. You know, I just kind of did it because I could, because like, you know, I've guess spoken at churches for a number of years. And so I, I did it because I could do it. And about the third time that I spoke, I got really sick. I had like, I was burning up. I had the flu. I was like, I couldn't even stand. And I don't, I don't even remember preaching. Like I was up all night. Yeah, I was weird. And then the following week I was like unprepared. Like I had like probably three quarters, maybe half of a sermon. And I didn't even know how it was going to finish out. And I felt so frustrated with God. Like I remember, uh, during the first set of worship, I'm like, God, what's going on here? I'm like, you put me here. I'm like, you did this. You got to show up this morning because mm. I feel, I'm feeling insecure right now. I'm feeling like I'm going to let your people down. I'm feeling like I'm going to let you down. I like, ah, I feel like I'm just doing this in my flesh. God, would you show up? And so as soon as I walked up to uh, the platform, not knowing how this was all going to turn out, this sermon, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit come and he had, comforted me with the words that he had comforted me with years prior it had been years and he said i told you i'm with you i got this mm-hmm. and so i just felt like anointed by god and his hand on me as i preached and it went well whatever i preached on i don't remember <laughs> but um after that man there was this connection with people and uh and then there you know there was conversations about helping even more and there was a lot behind the scenes that i'll tell you about another time but lot going on behind the scenes that I had no idea was going on. And then um, I get invited to speak at this school in Stockton. It's like this kind of, I think it was like a Pentecostal school or something. And so it was a little bit out of my element uh, with some of the things they were doing there. You know, I just, I got invited to speak. So I thought, all right, an opportunity to preach, I'll do it. And it was, uh, I taught like at nine o'clock at night and at Apparently in this school, they, they operate in the prophetic and mm. they, they exercise that gift. And so, you know, it had been a while since I had been around that, you know, no. that atmosphere. And, uh, and I was, you know, I'm just going to be straight, man. I, 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 I'm a little skeptical mm-hmm. when it comes to the prophetic and I like, I, I believe God uses that and he speaks through that, but I'm just skeptical yeah. because I've seen it abused. And oh I, yeah. Oh, I've most been, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it abused and oh, I've yeah. seen it, um, misunderstood and uh so you know um during like i think the week before me and me and my wife we were looking at homes and having this conversation of what would life be like if we moved to the sacramento area and so we were actually looking at homes online to to see and so i speak at the school and nobody knows me here just the guy that invited me and uh the end the end comes and the guy says all right at this time uh we're gonna step out and you know says hey we could totally be off here and i really appreciated them saying that like we don't know what we're doing but we're trusting that the spirit of god does and so uh if you receive this and it's just like out to lunch like just don't even receive that you know we're just we're stepping out in faith Mm -hmm. but uh we're just you know we're trusting that god wants to speak and so um they're doing their word they're exercising and it's like 30 minutes go by and it's like 10 30 10 45 at night i gotta drive back to turlock and i'm like man it's getting late i'm sitting in the back i get ready to stand up because i'm gonna slip out of the classroom and the guy with the microphone says pastor joe i got a word for you and i said okay here we go (laughs) and uh so everyone's looking at me and he said i see you cruising around in a 63 in paula and I see God uh, surrounding you with a, a network, and he's growing your network. And I'm like, okay. That's an interesting word. <laughs> and um, and then he passes the mic to the girl next to him, and she says, I also have a word for you. Does the Sacramento area mean anything to you? And I said, yeah, actually it does. Um, I've been guest speaking there for a few months uh, at a church in the Sacramento area. And she said... Uh, the Lord is telling you that he's moving you and your family to the Sacramento area and you're wrestling in your mind as to whether it's him or not. And he wants you to know that it's him. 
and it's also going to be really hard it's going to be difficult you're going to go through a hard time and but he wants you to know that he's with you and there was that word again that he's with mm. you and so that was so reaffirming and i had to open up and I, i let them know that we were actually looking to move to the sacramento area we were thinking about it and i was wrestling with it a lot <coughs> so um that following sunday i spoke at the church and um it, it, well here's what's funny here's what's funny is um and what really messed me up was this, the the whole like 63 impala thing because that guy didn't know nobody knew me a 63 impala was my favorite car since i was a teenager uh-huh. it's my dream car And I was wrestling with that because I was thinking, man, what does this mean? To God, are you going to give me a 63 Impala or what? <laughs> like, I like the sound of that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so so that following Sunday, uh, before I get ready to speak, the guy doing announcements, he announces that there's a guy in our fellowship who's part of a Christian lowrider car club that owns a 63 Impala. And he's oh, showing me on. on stage. No, I'm not making this stuff up, bro. <laughs> He shows me a picture of the 60, a 63 Impala. And, dude, I'm tripping out. I'm thinking, dude, this church is going to give me a 63 <laughs> Impala. <laughs> and, uh, and so they're, they're just announcing that, that this is something we could be a part of. Anyway, long story short, I make friends with this guy. And uh, a year later, um, he asked me if I want to go to a car show. And so this was a few months back. We're cruising around the Sacramento area in his 63 Impala. Can you believe that? We're going, we went to a car show, low rider car show, and I just couldn't stop thinking about that prophetic word, man. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world? God, you're a trip. <laughs> so here we are a year later. We live in the Sacramento area, and I'm cruising in a 63 Impala. Uh, Will God ever give me a 63 Impala? I have no idea. I don't think that's the interpretation of the dream, but I'll take it. Um, but I will say this, man. I think, you know, what God did speak through that was uh, I put a dream in your heart. Yeah. I put a dream in your heart, um, and this is that dream. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I take that as the interpretation, man. Yeah. And so uh, God has been so good um, through that. And uh, love this church. This church has been through a lot, still healing from a lot. Um, but I, I feel like this is, there's no other place I'd rather be. Yeah. yeah. So love what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And it definitely has been a difficult journey. There's been so much um, that uh, I've gone through, we've gone through um, in, in being here. But it's all worth it, man. Yeah. All worth it. I like how you said about that, about the dream. But God to put a place of dream. Something I heard. Um, this this pastor man this huge pastor who built just amazing amazing churches and sent out a bunch of churches and has an amazing ministry that helps thousands of people and um, the one of the guys he, he he discipled which is Ron Carpenter he went up to him and asked him you know uh, somehow asked him a question he says you know he's like I wish I would have dreamed he asked what's like one regret that you have and he says I wish I would have dreamed bigger hmm And he's like, here's a man who's done amazing things. Wow. And he says, I wish I would have dreamed bigger. Yeah. Because he's like, I look back and I was holding myself back from what God was, what could he could have done even more. Yeah. And I took that and I was like, you know what? And that's when now starting this ministry. And that's one thing is I, like, I do not want to come later on in life and sit, say like, man, I, I think God could have used it more. Hmm. But I was the one right. that held it back. So right. that's words I took and I hold that to myself. I'm like, okay. When we start planning and we start sitting there, like, okay, am I dreaming big enough? Or am I dreaming a little too realistic at this time? Like, yeah. you know, it's one of those things to where, and I believe, like, you know, with that interpretation of the 63 Impala is one of those things to where dream big. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. That that actually, I lost sleep over that. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> I did, yeah. man. That was, that was, because uh, the question that, that, that I asked God was, um, You know, in light of my skepticism, in light of everything I've seen, you know, in the past is, God, do you still, can you still speak like that? Uh, and, uh, and man, he's, he's shown himself faithful to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I always, I always, uh, <laughs> I always say if God wants to speak to someone, he's going to. That's right. And I, I place my faith in that. Yeah. And, and I, I try not to just, you know, I, I definitely talk to god i pray to god it's okay god is this you mm-hmm. but sometimes man we can use that 
and just sit and be stagnant. Right. And that's why I'm like, okay, you know what, God, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going in the, in the direction. And I'm going to put my faith. I'm still going to communicate with you. I'm going to talk to you. But if it's one of those areas where I feel like I'm not getting a response, I'm going to keep going and have faith and place my faith. If you need to get my attention, if you need to talk to me, if you talk through a darn donkey, <laughs> you're going to get a hold of me. If you need to talk to my dog, you're going to talk to my dog. But right. I'm not going to be stagnant because I've been stagnant. I've only been serving God now for seven years and I've been stagnant for, you know, okay. a good amount of time yeah. of those just because of myself. Right. You know, and, and I just, I, I just don't like that. Yeah. It's just not a good place to be when God, man, he, he, he can do so much. That's right. With so little. So that was good, man. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. no, no problem, man. Thanks for, again, thanks for coming. Um, if anyone wants to check out your, your church or anything like that, I don't know if how, what information you share the church name, right? Yeah, reflectchurch.com. Uh, okay. And uh, we are on, I should know the address. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, uh, we moved into a new location. Actually, the, so our name is not on the building. Um, it's Living Water on, on Waterman Road, uh, but we meet okay. in the same building. So they, they meet around 9 o'clock. We meet at 11 o'clock okay. on Sundays. So I believe it is, um, if I remember right, 9076 Waterman Road okay. uh, Reflect, Church. Reflect Church. So you can find us. We also have a podcast, uh, Reflect Church. Uh, but yeah, reflectchurch.com. Are you guys on uh, any social medias? Uh, yeah, yeah. We have a Facebook uh, and an Instagram that's uh, has not been in use, <laughs> so that's why we need you. <laughs> no, we, we actually we need a lot of help in that that department uh, for sure, because uh, it takes a village to to run this. No. And uh, yeah, hey, you know what? Sure. We got a lot of listeners here in Sacramento, so awesome! All of you guys listening, they awesome. need some help. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Come give them some help. <laughs> so again, man, thanks, thanks, Joe, for for uh, coming on and. I appreciate you taking your time, man. We definitely honor that. And thank you, everyone who listened. Um, definitely look forward to keep putting some content out for you guys. And we love you guys. And uh, look forward to giving you guys some more. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs>